ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. You were back in the studio yesterday, Tony. How did it feel? I'm Tony Kornheiser. You were there too, and you, M. But Toto, we're home now. There's no place like home. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you went with that one as opposed to E.T. Home. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely. I had a wonderful time. I'll do it again. Occasionally. Occasionally. Not regularly. Occasionally for those people. E.T. was phone home, right? Something home. Very nice. Yes. Phone home. Phone home. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Lakers edge the Suns. The Bucks trounce the Knicks. And the Dodgers hope they haven't hurt their chances of landing Shohei Otani. But we begin today with the Yankees reportedly on the verge of adding a big bat. Various outlets have Juan Soto arriving from the Padres for a couple of promising pitchers. The left-handed hitting Soto had 35 homers and a 930 OPS for the Padres last season. He's just 25 with one year left on his deal. So, Wilbon, how do you see Soto fitting in with the Yankees? Well, I mean, as a left-hand bat, which they were looking for, considering Judge and Stanton, if he ever plays again, are on the right side, and they can use him right. in that lineup. He's an everyday player. He's He's got a World Series ring, for crying out loud. He wants to make a trillion dollars a year. The Yankees can afford that if he works out in the one season, which could be a rental, but more likely it's the Yankees. They can do whatever they want. So, Tony, he's a great player. You just mentioned he's not even 26 years old yet. So why wouldn't he fit in the Yankee lineup, a left-handed bat in Yankee Stadium? He could hit those 240-foot pop flies, and he might get to 40 home runs instead of his usual 30. Yeah, so yeah, I, I like the obligatory shot at Yankee Stadium, but it reminds all of yeah. us that who is the greatest hitter in the history of the New York Yankees? It's a left-handed hitting outfielder, George Herman Ruth. Perhaps you're familiar with his work. And Aaron Judge in the outfield now, <laughs> though he's a righty, is compared to Babe Ruth. Juan Soto's not going right. to hit that many home runs, but he's going to get more hits, and they're going to be impact hits because Juan Soto, as a child, at 19 and 20 and 21, was compared to Mel Ott. And now, as you say, Mike, they got lefty-righty in a row with Soto and with Judge, which is very, very hard on pitchers. Look, Juan Soto, when he was in Washington, he was great, absolutely great. He made people forget about the fact that Bryce Harper left. He is a fabulous hitter with a great eye, Mike. He led the National League in walks this year because he doesn't chase bad pitches. He had, let me get the notes here, his on-base percentage was 405. That's terrific. And he had, in terms of power, 35 homers and 109 RBI. So wherever he goes, he's going to He can raise, he he can elevate in home runs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I thought he looked lost in San Diego. It never seemed to me that it was working. I think the Yankees, well, the Yankees are perfect for a lot of people. But as you say, it's the left-handed bat to go with the right-handed bat. You know, if he's happy there, he'll sign forever. Sure he will. He only stayed a year plus, a season plus in San Diego. 
So maybe, yeah. you know, he's still wandering, looking for a spot. Uh, it would yeah. seem like that would be a good spot. It seems that way. Sure. Let's move to the flap over the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, saying out loud, how dare he, that his team had met with free agent Shohei Otani. Roberts was admonished by the Dodgers GM, his own boss, Brandon Gomes, for going public, which reportedly is exactly what Otani and his agent don't want. Tony, you think Roberts heard or helped the Dodgers' quest for Otani by admitting, oh my God, what a sin that they'd met? Yeah. So I've been reading a lot of baseball writers lately, and they're bemoaning the sort of secrecy of the Shohei Otani free agency. They want this to be a public courtship. They say that would be good for baseball because Otani is such a popular figure. It's as if they want, Mike, every single day a Google map to tell you where Otani is and who he has talked to. And one of the reasons they feel that way is because I believe it's since August when Otani got hurt that he has not been answering questions about himself. So, so I tend to side with baseball writers most of the time. But in this case, if the player isn't talking and the agent isn't talking, the only other place you can go to is the Uber driver. Now, in terms of, of how this <laughs> no, impacts Otani... The GPS, okay. How this impacts Otani, I would be very surprised if anything that Dave Roberts said short of, I don't want that guy, is going to have any effect on where Otani goes. He's going to pick the city that he wants, the team that he wants, the teammates that he wants. Mike, if he wants the Dodgers, he'll go there no matter what Dave Roberts did. And if that's enough to take him to another team, I think that would be foolish. I do. It'd be more than foolish. If simply somebody admitting that they met you is enough to drive you away, I don't want you because you're not going to be a winner. Because people who, Tony, there are a lot of great athletes, great, great, great athletes who never won. And their self-absorption is often the common thread. You know, I've got to control every single activity, not just of me and my teammates in a clubhouse, but everybody in the world. Those guys tend not to work out as well as they think they do. So if that's what Otani and his agents are obsessed with, take a walk. Go somewhere else, because here's what you haven't done as great as you are. You Come haven't on. won a damn thing. Yeah. You haven't even gotten I, close. So, so if that's your like obsession, believe, other than getting in here and playing, go away. Go somewhere else. I would like to believe that it's more the agent than it is the player. Apparently, according right. to Bob Nightingale, who usually gets it right, we're down to four teams now. Sorry to tell you your Cubs are out, but there's Toronto, well, the Angels, there's the out. Giants, and there are the Dodgers. Over the last news. five to ten yeah. years, the Dodgers are by far the best of those teams in terms of achievement and getting into the playoffs and games won. So, I mean, to me, that, that seems the logical place for him to go. There were two quarterfinal games of the NBA's in-season tournament last night. The Bucs scored 146 points, beating the Knicks by 24. That's the most points allowed by the Knicks in 44 years. The Lakers beat the Suns 106-103 largely because LeBron James was able to call timeout and save the Lakers from losing the ball to Phoenix with less than 10 seconds to go. Wilbon, which result do you see as more significant? Tony, I don't know that I see either result as significant. The Lakers, LeBron would trade playing here in Vegas tomorrow. He traded 
for a one-game lead in any series he's going to play in April, May, or hopefully for him, June. So let's not get carried away, okay? The other game, Tony, is instructive for this reason. There's so many points. There's so many points being scored in the NBA. It's like the 1962 season. Then that one Wilt averaged 50. Tony, I don't know that any of this can be carried over, that it conveys to April, May, June, which is, let's face it, this is great. The league got exactly what it wanted. It calculated accurately what the in-season tournament could do in terms of interest of fans and sponsors and players alike. It did. The, the league nailed this. But I don't know that these scores, Tony, you're looking at them too. You and I talked about it a few nights ago. We texted yeah. And we're like, what are the? What does this mean? Yeah. These games, so, 150. So I think that was the more instructive game, like looking at that offense and, and, and the points scored. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that was particularly significant that the Bucs beat the Knicks because the Bucs are better than the Knicks. What was significant, though, is the points in this regard. The Knicks had walked into that game allowing the least amount of points of any team in the NBA, 105 yes, a game. Yes. So Milwaukee yeah. got 41 more than the Knicks usually give up, and Milwaukee got 22 more than they usually get. So let me take that out, because now you've got the Lakers and the Pelicans. I'm going to put that on the side for the second, because you've got Indiana and Milwaukee. Indiana yeah. gets 146 three times a week and gives up 145. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana leads yeah. basketball number one in points gotten and number last in points given up. So that could be a 300-point game. I mean, that's <laughs> you look at these scores and you go, that one to watch to go 300. The only reason that I thought that the other game, the Lakers game, was more important was the timeout. I, the replay I saw, I thought LeBron did a really smart thing because he was on the other side of the floor, and I thought he got the timeout. Did you? Others did not. I thought he did. Tony, Tony, I, it, it, it's so close. I wouldn't go crazy. Hey, look. You know, I love the Suns. You know Booker is my boy now. I love Devin Booker. Yeah. He had like seven turnovers, and the Suns have 22 turnovers. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. And it's the, I, it, right. the call might not have been the correct call, but the Suns protect the ball. Kevin Durant was great after the game saying, what are you talking about? We turned it over 22 times. That Booker had a bad game. He's still going to be great tomorrow. All right, I'll still ride with Devin right. Booker. But the Suns have okay. plenty of chances to win that game. You should and ride with him. Don't ride with Bradley Beal. I'll ride with Devin Booker. Bench he doesn't in his classic play. cars. Let's you take a Booker's break. Cars? Coming up, got 50, will the Patriots like and Steelers score a combined 30, 30 points tomorrow wow. night? Combined. Devin Booker's got cars older than you. How about that? And have okay. the sorry Spurs or the West leading Wolves been the bigger surprise this season? Booker's got some cars, automobiles. Let cars me just tell older than me? Cars? Well, he's got a Model yeah. T? Yes. What's he got? Well, he does. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, 
predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption. Presented by Grey Goose. Part of Happy Hour. It's time for toss-up. Two men enter, one man leaves, finishes the show, then thinks how nice it was yesterday to see everyone who works on PTI, whatever their names are. What's first? Toss-up, which way are you leaning in tomorrow's Patriots-Steelers game? Over or under? Okay, the over-under number is 30. That is the lowest over-under number in the NFL in the last 30 years. And here's why you should take it. Because the Patriots at the moment are averaging 12 points a game. And the Steelers, with or without Matt Canada as offensive coordinator, are averaging 16. So that's 28. But wait, as they say, there's much more. In the last three games, the Patriots are averaging four points. Four points. And the Steelers just lost their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett, at this point. They both have pretty good defenses to be honest. So this thing reeks of under. It reeks of under like Iowa's football team reeks of under. Plus, Mike, it's a Thursday night game. Players don't even want to play it. They're tired from Sunday. I feel sadness, Mike. I feel sadness that the Patriots and the Steelers, great dynasties of all time, are in this position. Yeah, what is it? uh, What is it like? 13 Super Bowl. No, it's more than that. What is, yeah, it's like 13 Super Bowls between two. Tony, this is an example of the bad football, sadly, that is being played this season. And you don't want those two teams being, those two franchises being the face of that because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't jibe with the modern history of the NFL since the merger. You take the under. Yes. You mentioned all the conditions. I don't need to go back over yeah. any of them. Tony, listen. I might take the under if it was 20. This is a 10 to 3 game. <laughs> what makes anybody think the Patriots? The only thing is each team could have like a pick six or a pick six and a fumble return. That's yeah, how the yeah. scoring could be done to get you up in the 20s. But I would under 30, absolutely. Yeah. What's next? Toss up they play tonight. More surprising start. The 3 and 16 Spurs or the 15-4 and four Timberwolves? I'm going to say the Spurs. And I know the Spurs were very bad last year. They were 22-60. and 60, But they drafted Victor Wembanyama, who you told me a number of times, as did others, is a generational player. I'm wondering exactly what that generation is. The Spurs have now lost 14 in a row, Mike. They haven't won a game since November 2nd. They're on pace to win just 13 games. And Wembanyama is averaging 19 a game, and it is not nearly enough. I am less surprised by the Timberwolves because they made the playoffs the last two years. So for me, the surprise is the Spurs. The Timberwolves made the playoffs. What are you talking about making the playoffs? Not playoffs. The Timberwolves are the best team in the West, which is loaded and a lot better than the East. The best team. 
Anthony Edwards is the MVP right now. Don't tell me that doesn't surprise you because no, you could think he was going to have well, a big jump. you tell it to me all the time. Because of his play with yeah. Team USA. Yeah, I tell you because I'm paying yes. attention. The Spurs, yes. we knew were going to be bad. There's no surprise there. Wimbanyama or not. They're not going to make this the bad. playoffs. They weren't going to make the playoffs. LeBron in his first two years did not make the playoffs. Michael Jordan in his first year made the playoffs, but finished well under 500. So even with They haven't Lassell won a game in over a month. It's over a month. They're not they any good. And they're not going to be yeah. any good. The Minnesota Timberwolves being appointment viewing since the first time since Kevin Garnett, that's a massive surprise, even if they made the playoffs last year and they've learned how to incorporate Rudy Gobert in a much different way. Anthony Edwards, he's your man. He's why you want to see the Timberwolves. As I've said many times, I root for the Timberwolves because Nathan Bubis is an assistant coach on the Timberwolves. Well, That's there it. You go. Let's take one last break. Still to come. Did the Vikings and Jets make solid starting quarterback choices for Sunday? And can the Clippers prove something tonight against the champs? Steelers and Patriots, yeah, Mike, they, 12 they Super Bowls combined. 12. 12. All right, 12 I gave somebody one too Lombardi many. Lombardi trophies. I must That's have given okay. the I gave the Steelers an extra Super Bowl. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Feed Labotka. Please sip responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 29th birthday, Giannis Antetokounmpo. If the Bucks' big man isn't the best basketball player in the world, he's right there with Nikola Jokic. They both have one championship and two MVPs. This season, Giannis's Bucks were supposed to be dominant after landing Damian Lillard. They've been very good so far, but not dominant. And their defense has been rather smelly. They're allowing 118.3 points per game. That's 23rd in the league. Giannis is fifth in the league at scoring at 30.2 points per game, ninth in rebounding at 10.7 per game. And he's making 61% of his shots. Lillard is scoring 25.6 points a game. But there's always a sense, Mike, that the Bucks need Chris Middleton. And so far, Middleton is scoring 11.9 points per game. That is his lowest since his rookie year in 2012. Yeah, Tony, they'd like to have a guy who's averaging 20 points a game or closer to it. They're, Tony, they're not dominant. I agree with everything you said there, um, even with Giannis being great. And they're not going to be dominant. They just better hope to win. The league is better now than it was even a couple of years ago when they won that championship. There are too many good teams to dominate. Happy anniversary, Antoine Jameson and Kobe Bryant. On this day, 23 years ago, Jameson and Bryant each scored 51 points, including trading six straight scores in the final two minutes of overtime as Jameson's Warriors beat Bryant's Lakers 125-122. This was Jameson's second consecutive 51-point game, and it was Bryant's most points to that point in his career. This was the first time in 38 years that two players scored 50 or more in the same game. Jamison and Bryant also share a draft oddity. 
Both were drafted and traded before ever playing in the league. Jamison was drafted fourth overall by Toronto, then traded to Golden State for his North Carolina teammate Vince Carter drafted fifth. Bryant was drafted by Charlotte 13th overall and traded to the Lakers for Vlade Divac. Jamison was not Kobe Bryant, nobody has been. But Jamison was a really fine player. Tony, we of course got to see him a lot in Washington. Yep. Well, that team got close once. They got really close once. He and Gilbert Arenas, and they could, LeBron took them apart with a shot in a game in Cleveland when they should have won that series probably, and it might have changed the overall sort of perception, and he wouldn't be as underrated, Anton Jamison, as he actually is. Happy trails to the Red Sox for Alex Verdugo. In a rare trade between these division rivals, the Red Sox sent Alex Verdugo, 27-year-old outfielder, to the Yankees for three right-handed pitchers, only one of whom has had any major league experience. Verdugo bats left-handed. Yankee left-handed hitters ranked 29th in baseball last season in batting average, 219, last in on-base percentage. Verdugo hit 294 against righties in the last three seasons in Boston, far better than his 238 against lefties. Figures maybe to be a platoon player in New York, especially if the Yankees add Juan Soto, maybe starts in the outfit, I'm not sure. Most analyses of this trade say the Red Sox had grown weary of Verdugo and dumped him. Reportedly, the best pitching prospect they get back is 23-year-old Richard Fitz. Tony, I'm going to go off script here a little bit and mention a, a melancholy trails to the great Norman Lear. Maybe the greatest creator of all time when it comes to modern television and created maybe the best character of all time in Archie Bunker. He was 101 years old, Norman Lear. I know that matters to you because you and I grew up, came of age yes, on Norman Lear's work, particularly yeah. Archie Bunker and All in the Family. Uh, there's no question. Uh, All in the Family, landmark show, and Archie Bunker, greatest single character in the history of television. No question about that. We run out of show and we go to the big finish. The Vikings will it. start Josh Dobbs against the Raiders. Are you surprised? A little. I mean, he had those four picks against the Bears, but Tony, what are the options? Justin Jefferson's back. What, Fran Tarkenton's going to walk through the door? Yeah, not all that surprised. The Jets will start Zach Wilson against the Texans. Are you that surprised about that? I, 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 what can I say? I think he's proven time and time again he's come up short as an NFL quarterback. If they feel he's the best they got, then you have to do it. Chocolate Smart and number eight Marquette host number 12 Texas tonight. You intrigued? His current school against his old school. I think Marquette's Final Four good. I am intrigued. The 2024 Belmont Stakes will be run at Saratoga at one and a quarter rather than one and a half. Why? Why is that? Belmont's being renovated, but this is a bad thing. That's the classic distance, a mile and a half. That's why the Belmont exists, the race itself. Should run it a mile and a half. Last one. Nuggets and Clippers tonight. Who you got? The Nuggets took the Clippers apart the last time. Clippers are getting it together. I think they want a little revenge. I got the Clippers tonight against the champs. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, here's SportsCenter. I'm in Vegas, Tom. Enjoying Don't Vegas? Don't you wish you were here? Are you enjoying Vegas? Do you like yeah. Vegas? Yeah. Yes, I